I still don't know what all the tunnels are for. <laughs> we'll never know. Uh, no, we'll never know. I mean, in real life, we'll never know. Because we'll that know. was a thing. Yeah. That guy exists. Yeah. Existed. And yeah. But anyway. Hi. Oh, you big fat hoe. Welcome. That was big not damn nice. Cat. That was a nice thing to say. That's not a nice thing to say if you take the words big fat or hoe to be negatives. I am proudly a big fat hoe. Thank you very much. You absolute sex pest. Thank you. I'm Chris Sex Pest Johnson. And I am Fuck Demon the 17th. <gasps> Why didn't we call this podcast that from day one? Could you imagine? <laughs> Fuck Demon the podcast. Welcome everybody to another episode of Fuck Demon. I am Venom. Uh, just oh. kidding. It's the big damn cast here at your service. Oh, fucking hell. Hey! No news, the gossip stuff is fit to time on long-ass commutes over the winter weeks. Because it got real wintry real damn quick. The long-ass commutes are dead. <laughs> Fuck Demon. Um, so, uh, welcome to Fuck Demon, the podcast. Yes. Uh, we've got three major things we can talk about this week. We're also going to take a little peek at emails toward the Endy Pops and see what you have to say oh, with your well, mouths. Uh, but first, let's let's which one which one do you want to talk about? We've got um we've got two trailers. I don't want to talk about any of them. Excellent. Well, that was a fun episode, guys. We'll catch you next week here on Fuck Demon the podcast, <laughs> the game. Fuckdemon.com. Um, that's fuckdemon.com. Oh wait, hundred. A website. Oh wait, hundred. Fuckdemon. Uh, I'm not I'm looking gonna, up on my phone. I'm you can look go on your browser. Mode and I'm gonna look it up on my browser. See if Fuckdemon's a website. In the meantime, um, I will talk about. <laughs> I will talk about the first of the two trailers we're going to cover before we dive into today's main topic, uh, which is Pixar's upcoming action-adventure sci-fi movie, Lightyear. Uh, we have a first oh, trailer. It's not a website, by the way. Oh! Well, if anyone wants to buy it and keep it for yourselves, we don't fucking want I'm it. I'm going to see if alone. there is... If, well, fuckdemon.com isn't. I'm going to see if there is a... .co.uk? Anyway, Lightyear. Lightyear. Uh, it's coming out next year. Um... We've got a teaser, so we're probably a good year away, I imagine. Uh, it is the story of Space Ranger, Buzz Lightyear, um, and his like big first successful mission off into the stars to infinity. What was it? Um, infinity Awaits infinity. was the tagline in the trailer. And so beyond. Cool. Um, yeah. Visually, that's all, right, that's all we can really talk about. Visually, yeah. what it looks like. Because it... there's no dialogue in the trailer, is it? Yeah, there's like a snip, snippets of speech, but no like scenes. Or... Oh, there's a there's a two infinity and yeah, little cock teasers. Avengers. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League uh... Part Two. Um, yeah! It's, it's, it's uh, I like how this looks. I like how it looks. I like the look of it. I I'm. I know the internet, at the announcement of this movie, and when this trailer came out, the internet was confused. It was bamboozled. It was heffalumped and woozled because everyone was going, "Wait a minute!" So, like, is he not a toy anymore? I don't understand. It's like it's not no. that complicated, is it? It's not complicated. It's hey, do you know Buzz Lightyear is a toy in those Toy Story movies? That was cool. Yeah, imagine. If there was a film about the thing the toy's based on. Yeah, there you, you know, go. like, that we have. Like, yeah. the thing that actually exists and has existed since at least the 70s. Yeah. 
In this context. Well, what? Wait, what? What? Well, like, toys they based on movies, on movies. Oh, like... right. Oh, I thought you meant Buzz Lightyear. I was like, no, wait, wait. No. Was Buzz Lightyear inspired by a specific property that I am only just yeah, now starting to realise? the really weird Star Trek toys that had nothing to do with the Star Trek show. Oh, shit. I've just realised what Buzz Lightyear in-universe is then. If this is indeed the film that, like, Andy goes to see as a kid, I've realised what Buzz Lightyear, the toy in the Toy Story universe, is. What? It's the shit variant action figure. Or, or, when films like that have family history, toy history, but the film that's currently out really doesn't suit it, but they make toys anyway kind of toys. Like the Batman Begins action yeah. figures. Yeah. Where, well, like, they did a Scarecrow it's... and various Batmen and a Rachel Gould that was like, what the? These aren't from in, the movie. In the... No, but they did a Joker that was, like, really cartoony, like, smiley face. And it was like, what is this? This isn't the Joker. What? From this film, why is it a toy? It's like because we want to. You think of the Batman eighty nine one, which is which no. Was the oh no, that one's that was funny. repurposed yeah. the um, Kenner line. Just the yeah, the Super Friends one. Put them back out yeah. with different colours. Yeah, yeah, like they changed the colour a bit, and they went there. You go. They're the same with a the penguin. There it is. Batman Returns. Except the Happy Meal toys, they were oh, fucking disturbing. Yeah, they were good, they were good, they were Happy good, Meal toy that gets his little dick out. Best Happy Meal toys I've ever seen. What was that? Oh, it. Actually screwed Warner Brothers and McDonald's uh, over, and it was part of a giant complaints campaign in the states. Yeah, but this one because that film penis. really was not for kids, but they wanted to do toys anyway, and it's weird. Yeah, Buzz Lightyear in universe is Gotta like the cutesy toy version in, of this movie for some reason. In the Toy Story universe, um, Buzz Lightyear <laughs> was a spin-off from the Adventures of Pluto Nash, which is actually a huge success. <laughs> oh, no, wait, but in the nineties, um, but in the nineties, yeah, <laughs> or or. Um, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, which is fucking great, and Disney Plus needs to put it on on there. Mm. Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Oh, yeah, it's not on there. It isn't on there. Not even The Adventure Begins, not even the feature-length pilot, which was recorded. Patrick Warburton, for some people listening to this, going, what the fuck are you talking about? There's an animated series in the late 90s called Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Yeah, because I was, was going to mention this. Yeah. Fucking excellent. Yeah. And Patrick Warburton was Buzz Lightyear, and it's about... Buzz Lightyear, the Space Ranger of Star Command, and they had a great supporting cast, and it had some ridiculously brilliant villains. My mm. favorite, the, the first one of the first stories, is a, is, a, uh, is a Star Command like uh, a ranger, like someone else, one of his team. Yes, gets bitten by a techno lycanthrope. Yeah. So it's basically a were- it turns you into a werewolf made of wires and technology and metal. I love it. And the guy was played by Mark Hamill. So you knew they were after the right voice talent for that stuff. My favourite villain was an energy vampire who literally drained, like, robots and stuff. Oh, Colin Robinson. No. (laughs) A a techno vampire. That's back as of today, so we should probably watch a few episodes and talk about it next week. Um, I'm I'm down for watching. If there's something to watch on BBC iPlayer this week, it's What We Do in the Shadows. (laughs) That's a sneak preview of what's happening. Uh, All right, okay. Um, So... um, yeah, uh, uh, it's a, it was a techno techno energy vampire played by Craig Ferguson. Oh, um, okay. So I loved him long before I even knew yeah. who he was. Um, called Nos Four A Two. Oh, which Joe Hill later stole for a novel. Yeah, there you go. But there you go. But um, the best thing about it was it was Buzz wasn't the same character as Toy Story because it was you know it was a, a character unto himself. He's he's a toy. Yeah, he's not a toy. He's you, not an action figure. You are a child's <laughs> plaything. You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. Which, well, which ironically is what we should all say to Tim Allen. Hey, um, and, and, hey. The, and the screenwriter. Ah, uh, yes, Joss of course. Whedon. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, two very talented men. Also, two absolute scumbags. So, um, <gasps> Patrick Warburton voiced Buzz Lightyear in Star Command. How did he voice him? Of course he sounded like me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Peter. To infinity and beyond. Like, that's basically how he sounded. Because um, yeah. it's Patrick Warburton, who does a great job, but he's very funny. And his buzz was brilliant and written to be that buzz and that tone of that show. And it's fucking great. The first, like, two, three episodes are, are a multi-parter. Like, the, the pilot. It was that a feature-length pilot. Fit, that were, yeah. The only ones that released on VHS here in the UK and DVD was that pilot. For, the, for that release, because it was a home release, mm. Tim Allen dubbed Buzz Lightyear oh no so we never got a home release of anything where Patrick Warburton plays Buzz Lightyear oh no because that home release also had a top and tail in CG that was made during the production of Toy Story 2 where um, the toys are watching the show on TV oh yeah because they have the bit in Toy Story 2 where they're playing the game don't they yeah so it's like it's a cute little tie in it means that the home video version of of the adventure begins is different from the one that went out on TV And you get a few extra things, but you also lose something by losing Patrick Warburton and getting Tim Allen. You um, just lose something by getting Tim Allen. Buzz Lightyear, Buzz Lightyear Star Command is fucking great. It's really, really good. Uh, I think that Buzz Lightyear of Star Command is, in-universe, the kids' TV spin-off... Of this movie. Of this movie, which is not a kids' movie, but like films of that era, like Armageddon, Beetlejuice... you know, Like the Lost in Space reboot. Well, that was trying to be family friendly whilst also really not being family friendly and being shit. But you know what I mean? Like, oh, I will not yeah, hear a bad eight, word said about the Lost no, in Space like, 90s reboot. Oh my God. Are you fucking kidding me? No. Are you fucking kidding me? It's awful and I love it. So like Aliens, Batman, um, Predator, uh, like there's all these films. Terminator like, 2. Terminator, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Like there's all these Rambo. films in the 80s and 90s that got figures for kids and some of them like Rambo um, like got animated series for kids Conan yeah oh god yeah Conan, which is weird the adventurer which is weird because the films are not for children nope some of them are like child not not child friendly but like for example Armageddon or uh, Batman 89 like you could imagine kids watching it I mean, I and, imagine, and it being okay I imagine kids watching Armageddon and being like this is boring yeah but you know what I mean like it's that thing this where kids too watch fucking it long kids watch it and go like you know they could watch it and not be scarred for life based on their age oh their, yeah their, their yeah temperament. totally um, but like I think that's what Lightyear is I think Lightyear is the movie that came out and then kid, too many kids went to see it so they went shit and they made a load of like tie-in stuff like a cartoon and toys yeah, so, so and like, they rushed out, and that's why it's not an accurate toy. That's why the yes. Buzz Lightyear is not accurate because they rushed it out based on uh, based on early concept art. So Lightyear is the and Batman the animated series to no Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear in Star, universe. Star Command is oh, yeah. the Batman and Robin the New Adventures to Batman and Batman Returns. Yes. 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 Yeah, there we go. Yes. There yes. Go. Yes. And and we just said that and saved ourselves ten minutes. And the Chris. toy in film is not the Batman the animated series action figures because Kenner did a pretty great job with those. It's like the bubble bath and McDonald's toy versions of. Oh no! It's got karate chop action. It's got glow in the dark wings and and, and voice samples from from. Bop, bop, bop. <laughs> and and it's got its laser beam. And if you rip his arm off and give him a little apron, he loses his mind yeah. and becomes Mrs. Nesbit. That's well, two action figures in one. His arm plugs back in again. <laughs> yeah, really easily. Yeah. Why did he do that? Christ's sake. Um. 
Because he's an idiot. I think he looks really fun. But I'm also a child of the 90s who fucking loved Tarzan, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, and Treasure Planet. AKA the ones that no one likes. Yeah, which is wrong. Because they're fucking great. Tarzan's fantastic. Atlantis, The Lost Empire is a goddamn hidden treasure that one day, suddenly, there'll be a lot of people going, oh my god, it was amazing. Atlantis is great. You mean no one yeah. ever watched it? It's like, yeah, no one, no one watched it or gave a shit, but it's incredible. It is really good. Um, and uh, Treasure Planet is one that even I slept on as a kid. Went back to it in my 20s when I bought it in, like, you know, when Disney do, like, three for £12 DVD deals. Oh, we're unlocking the Disney vault again! Oh, I picked it up, watched it, and went, this is fucking excellent. This is so good. Oh, it's the one that they wanted to make, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the guys who did... Um, Little Mermaid. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah, you can make that. You can make that Treasure Island space movie you wanted to make forever. But first, can you can you make this Aladdin one that we've been trying to get right? We've been trying to steal it from the the was it the the Pebble and the oh, I can't remember what it's called now. But there was a not the Pebble and the Penguin, different thing. Uh, Bluth. Oh, the, the, uh, the, the, there's something in the Carpenter. It wasn't it wasn't Don Bluth. It was a uh, Don Bluth was a Pebble and the Penguin. Yeah. No, there, there was one that was uh, that was meant um, to be. It was an Arabian Nights like era film, and it took like fifty years before it was actually completed and released. Um, but that they wanted to sort of usurp that, so they put Aladdin uh, into production. The animated Kama Sutra. Sure. Um, um, and yeah, my favorite. Uh, my favorite of the Disney classics. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Cool. I, I was watching. Cool. A, I was watching a triple bill with Quest for Camelot and Thumbelina. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> hell so um, um dearie marry the mole uh, oh, fucking awful God. it's so bad and it's the fact that warner brothers was chasing that disney dragon like jody benson the voice of ariel is the Belina, just cause it's like they desperately wanted the freaking god but godfrey's in it as that beetle oh god because they just wanted to chase that dragon Wait, so beetle much or Ringo? God. Hey, got him! Thomas would have sounded different. <laughs> You're a really useful engine, said Thomas. <laughs> Fuck you, fat controller! <laughs> you are wrong. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Peter. Headphone users are apologies. Nah, fuck them. <laughs> I like Lightyear. I kind of hope that it's more action adventure oriented than than comedy kitsch. I, I sort yeah. of want to see yeah, yeah. see what they do. Just just if anything to make it totally different from the Toy Story movies, which are again top tier fucking kids films. Like they're 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 absolutely faultless. They're beautiful, and the second one's the best one. Anyone who disagrees is an idiot. Well, on um, the subject of comedy kitsch, oh, let's talk about Morbius. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, um, oh, Sony's latest Spider Man cinematic universe this. that doesn't have Spider Man in it except for a brief post credits tease. I mean, at I, this point, we thought it looked bad, but oh my, does it look bad! I really like Morbius, the character. You know, you really like a lot of bad things. But no, no. I'm not gonna sit here and defend Sp- Morbius, the comic book character. Spider Man is my boy, and I fucking love. His villains, his rogues gallery, they're wonderful. From the A-listers like Doc Ock, Green Goblin, Venom, to like the absolute fucking Z-list hilarious bastards like Big Wheel. And, and Swarm. And Swarm. Oh. <laughs> a Nazi made of bees! Where's the Swarm movie? So good, Swarm is in the fucking Broadway show. Yeah. Because... Well, good's not the reason. It's because Bono and the Edge were high as fuck Be when they were working it. on that. And Julie Taymor was out of control. She was out of control. I don't care if stuntmen have to die to make this. Stuntmen died. And it's still the biggest loss in Broadway history and always will be. It will never be topped. Superstar showing the rails on Broadway. Fucking amazing. Oh, my God. But um, 
I like Morbius because Morbius, like all the great Spider-Man villains, is a brilliant dark mirror reflection of Spider-Man. Peter Parker is a kid who goes through a horrific scientific accident that was out of his control. Yeah, He's bitten by a radiated spider that changes his DNA and mutates him. It scares him, it unnerves him, it turns him into what at first he perceives could be a monster. But then he embraces it after a lesson in hubris and fucking, you know, selfishness. Mm, and uses that what it's been given as a gift to help other people. It may be a burden to him, but he's using it to change lives and, and make the world a better place. Yeah. Michael Morbius is someone who tri tries to use science to cure something that ails him. A horrific scientific accident happens and it turns him into a monster. He's constantly at odds with trying to cure himself or use those powers to help others and control the bloodlust that the accident's given him. Or sometimes he's pushed either by outside forces or by his own inner demons or whatever it is and leans more into the monster and begins to accept it. So he is a dark reflection of Spider-Man because he is the what would happen if Peter wasn't on the straight and narrow? Or what would happen if Peter's mutation was a nightmare to handle and too difficult for him to handle? This mm. is what could happen. The, I hate the 90s animated series, but it does it really well because it ties Morbius's arc in with the the man spider like Peter mutating stuff. And and it works really well in that because it is about the idea of control. He's trying yeah. to control it himself while Peter is actually losing control and becoming this giant spider creature. And, you know, so Morbius works like that. There's also been some great solo work in the All New All Different era where they've done, like, some solo stories for him. He's been a part of the Midnight Suns. Like, he, you know, the, 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 the big monster event from a few years ago Morbius was a part of. You know, the, the Monster Island stuff. Monsters Unleashed! Unleashed. Scooby-Doo 2. Uh, and then the and monsters got leashed again. That's true. Leashed right up. Leashed um, right up. To an island that in itself here's a monster, which is weird because there's also a mutant that's an island. The point is... The island that walks like a man! <laughs> What's the mutant island called? Is it Krakoa? Krakoa. Yeah. And that's the one that is a mutant. Yes, because yes. it's where they all live now. Um, they mutants. And muties. Uh, there's a Captain Krakoa leading the X-Men. Fuck yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. Is it an extension of Krakoa? I don't know. I have I'm to catch up on X-Men. I'm nearly finished. I'm nearly caught up on Venom and, and King in Black, so I think X-Men might be my next um You'll you'll like me because I'm I I started I stopped reading just after Ten of Swords or around the time of Ten of Swords. I just didn't get didn't get a chance to finish it. That was X, wasn't it? So you're not up to Hellfire um Gal or whatever it is yet. No, no, that's after Ten of Swords. Um This movie's like the first Venom. It's taking itself way too seriously and it's going, Yeah, these characters are interesting on their own right and then I mean, and then you'll all be excited when they have a punching fight with spider-man at some point yeah and i'm so like excited. yeah and i'm like no no because mm. the reason it matters that spider-man fights morbius or, or you know confronts morbius or the reason why it matters that he fights venom is because he's a it's the mirror story the mirror reflection it's about them it happening under his watch there's the added layer of his guilt him feeling like he could have stopped it he's always a part of like their first outbreak as, as as whatever has changed them like d dictates what they do next you know what i mean so it's to be like they've got a whole history and then they're gonna punch spider-man at some point i'm like and i don't give a fuck i like the character but i like the character because they're part of this story with this dude called spider-man like i just ah oh, dude man yeah pros 
Morbius's pr- prosthetic look slash CGI look is very cool. It looks like the comic book character in and terms of his face. it looks less like Jared Leto, which is always a plus. That's a plus. Um, we still don't fucking know what Matt Smith's really doing, but he walks cool. Walks? Well, he's always walked cool. It's the same shot from the first trailer, so yeah. it's nothing new. It's because he's got those big old legs. That's why he's he walks cool. He's got them big old cool legs. He's got those big old cool, cool legs. legs. Um... <laughs> Um, oh my god uh 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 yeah that's it that's the that's the pros um cons it's not taking it it's taking itself too seriously but it's also being jokey flippant in a way it thinks that we as an audience will go yes yes he said the thing vultures here Vultures in it, everyone. Well, I, Black Cat's name, Black Cat and Rhino are on the newspaper. The they must is, exist now. The problem Yay! Is, he says he's Venom as a punchline, even though no one publicly in either of these continuities knows what the fuck Venom is. The problem is, is that it seems uh, like he's trying this Mars to bar be, while you try and rationalize Yeah, you do it. that. Yeah. It seems like they're trying to make Jared Leto either charming or funny, and he's neither charming nor funny. He's just slimy and creepy. Yeah, he's a cult Which, leader who DMs know, underage girls allegedly and fair, takes people to his island factually. To be fair, should be Morbius probably should be a bit more slimy and creepy, um, certainly after his change. Hmm. But I don't think that would make for a compelling. It, it's a villain protagonist thing, isn't it? And I don't know that it always makes for a compelling protagonist if your villain's not got any redeeming qualities. And I, it's difficult to see from the. It seems like the redeeming quality that they're trying to go for with Morbius is like, oh, he was. Ill, and now and now and, he's not ill, and now he's not ill because <clears throat> because he's not ill anymore. He did a thing, and now a thing to cure his condition is is oh, it's made him terrible. But he was ill, and he can fly so, now. Yeah, he can fly now for reasons. He can fly now, based on which um, writer it's been. He's either been able to glide or fly sometimes before. Oh, glide. Well, most writers tend to hold back on that a bit because they don't mm. want to op him. He's not a vampire. He is though. No, he's Morbius. The living vampire. Yeah, he's a vampire That's his full though. moniker. But he's not a vampire. He's Morbius the living vampire. Yeah. Not Morbius the vampire. No, Morbius the living vampire. Vampires aren't alive. This one is. Because he's not a vampire. Yeah, but he's the living vampire. Living va- anyway, um, but that's the thing. Like, like he's not a flat-out vampire. So you could do cool shit with that. A flampire. And instead, they're just kind of making him a. But they're trying to define it as superpowers. He's got sonar hearing. It's like. Right. Bat, bat. He's it? Batman. He said Bat Vision. He's a it? Batman. Bat Radar. He said. He's he a said, Batman. He said Bat Radar. And his library's the color of the costume in the comics, Matt. See how the library's the color of his comic costume? They are not fucking giving him a seventies goddamn disco suit with a pop red collar. They're not going to do it. And if they do, it might be worth watching. Well, will it be worth watching? It's coming out in January. Oh, the month where movies go to die. Well, it's coming out in January. Fuck all. Which is why it's coming out in January. Yeah. That, and it's riding off of the success of Venom Let There Be Carnage. And of course, what comes out three weeks earlier in cinemas that is going to be the big Christmas movie. Um, oh, it's fucking uh, No Way... Spider-Man, No, no Way, way Spider-Man, isn't it? Spider-Home, No Way Man. Which, now the theory being, considering how soon after Morbius comes out, the crossover of Vulture... Michael Keaton did an interview last year, by the way, where he was asked about Morbius, and he said, they said, like, so what's your role in it? And he said, honestly, I couldn't fucking tell you. (laughs) (laughs) 
the certain, the certain stuff, the certain stuff I'm just not allowed to tell you about these things anyway. So I, I don't, I don't tend to talk about them in detail. But I just kind of rocked up to that, and they told me I had to say these things, and and I went home. <laughs> I wrote a tweet earlier today, which I thought was a perfect summary. Nice fucking model. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a tweet today that I think perfectly sums up the mentality of how Sony are trying to do this, like break into the MCU. Yeah. Marvel Studios, two thousand eight. We're going to take some of our B tier characters and work on telling really creative stories. That if this experiment pays off in a few years, mm. we'll do a really fun finale. Marvel Studios, twenty twelve. The ball's rolling with Disney Studios behind us and we're going to try to grow and evolve this storytelling model while introducing new characters and hopefully telling great stories that people will find compelling. Mm. Sony Studios 2021. Let's throw shit at their wall and see uh. what sticks. Like, it's just... It's like, what are you What are you doing? What are you fucking doing, Pascal? What are you doing, Arad, you fucking we'll put idiot? put in the Daily Bugle in a movie. Do you know what I want? I want this... To, I want... No Way Home to be Holland's last one, mm-hmm. for his sake. Mm-hmm. I want Sony to take Spidey back. I want them to have a Disney advisory sort of agreement where Disney will always make sure that whatever they do, it doesn't contradict the MCU. Mm-hmm. And I don't want Spider-Man to fucking rock up in a future MCU movie. And I say that as a Spider-Man fan. Spider-Man is my favourite superhero. It's my favourite like franchise of all time. Like, I adore it. I love him to pieces. Favourite Spider-Man. It's my favorite Spider-Man. Spider-Man yeah. is my favorite Spider-Man. Spider-Man's Spider-Man. Your favorite Spider-Man. And I don't, I don't want them. Spider-Man I don't want them. Monkey. I don't want them to fucking. My favorite Spider-Man is the Spider-Man who is a monkey from Marvel Apes, oh, uh, um, who gets killed off in one of the Spider-Verse yeah. stories. Um, I don't want. I don't want them to make shit Spider-Man movies, but it's happening already with Spider-Man stuff. Mm. So let's let's. Take him out of the MCU, but still, it's in the MCU. But let's nip it in the bud. Yeah, make Spider-Man stuff that won't be in fucking Phase Four or Phase Five box sets, essentially. But have an agreement with Disney where Disney can sort of go like, yeah, we'll we'll like a, uh, essentially a continuity uh, board. Like we'll make sure that anything you're doing doesn't contradict with us, and stuff we're doing doesn't contradict with you. And then that way, you're air quotes part of the cinematic universe. But you can sail your own Spider-Man ship over here with all your Spider-Man you shit. Sink your own Spider-Man and we can focus over here on what will, let's face it, be the two things that are going to be the actual focus and saving grace of Phase 4 and 5, Fantastic Four and the X-Men. Hey! And then if, if there's some agreement later and they want to be like, well, come on, can we have Spider-Man cameo in this movie? Yeah, go for it, sure. Whoever's playing him by that point, yeah, fine, whatever. But then it's not... Venom and Morbius and... Fucking silver and black and all these weird little projects they've got silver planned. And black, such a she exists weird. though. She's on the paper. She's on the newspaper on the Daily Bugle, which has w- which has the logo and typography of the Raimi movies and the Spider Man on the wall and the graffiti. The Raimi one, Matt. I know. It's like Sony don't know what they're fucking doing. They don't. This episode brought to you by Sony. Uh, so yeah, I suppose just... Afterlife might be all right though. Might be. Might be. We'll see it soon. Mm. I want it to be good. I have good feelings about it, but I also don't get excited about anything anymore because you'll never be disappointed. Speaking and finally, of which. 
spoilers gosh. ahead for Doctor Who Flux Chapter One: The Halloween Apocalypse. Try printing that on a fucking spine. It's a terrible people, title. People who do the uh, custom covers, like based on the two entertain releases for each story. Yeah. Good luck with that one. It's a terrible title, isn't it? It's not just me. It's awful. I mean, I don't hate Flux as a subtitle. Like, that's grown on me. I'm like, yeah, sure, fuck it. We don't we don't bollock the key to time or trial of a time lord for doing that. Mm. So, sure, series thirteen is called Doctor Who Flux. Go for it. Whatever, Traver. But the Halloween Apocalypse was such a waste of a title. Um, Review of Death. I started watching the latest episode oh, before yeah. this. They said that uh, it should have been Trick or Treat. It's right there and right, yeah. right there. Yeah. Right there. It says it. Three characters say it. And and then kids say it, and trick-or-treating is happening. And it's like, yeah, it would have been a much better title for part one. But, yeah. Uh, apparently, the third title was released today, and it's called uh, Once, comma, Upon Time. What? Yeah. Week two is called The Sontaran War, which is like a very that's, that's, that's standard Doctor kind of Doctor Who-y title. And also it's like, of course! Let the Sontarans have a title like that's, that. That's what you'd call. That's what you call a big finish boxer, isn't it? Yeah. Be like it? the Sontaran, the Sontaran War, Volume Twenty Two. Is it War of the Sontarans? I think it's War of the Sontarans. I don't know. Point is, the Sontarans are getting if it's, if it's War of the Sontarans, that's even more Doctor Who, isn't it? It's X of the Y. That's like a Doctor Who title in a nutshell. Yeah. Should we get? Should we? Should we rip the bandaid off? Yeah, let's do it. I didn't like this. I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it very much. I just. There was stuff I enjoyed. Yeah. But I think for me it was a narrative construct issue. It fe- it felt like not only did it feel like the first part of uh, a longer story that didn't reward you for watching it in and of itself, but it also felt like the middle chapter of a longer story that didn't reward you for watching it in and of itself because it starts in Medius Res with the As and the Doctor. Yeah. And uh, this whole thing with uh, what's he called? Um Forebears. Uh, Carvin Easter. Carvin Easter. Carvin Easter. Forebears. That was a great line, I thought. I fucking loved that. That's pretty great. I loved it. No, I can't even like Forebears. Uh, so <laughs> That good. was my favourite scene. Oh, yeah. The scene yeah, in yeah. Dan's kitchen with Carvin Easter and Dan was fucking yeah. excellent. I thought John Bishop written, was really good Brilliantly performed, yeah, yeah. brilliantly shot. That whole scene, I was like, this... This and it was it highlighted to me what I think the episode's biggest weakness was. What it wasn't just a story from the point of view of Dan bringing us into the story. Well, that's what I mean about this feeling like it's the middle, it's both the first and the middle part of a longer story that doesn't reward you for um watching it in and of itself. There's too many story threads going on. It, I saw online big defense a lot of people gave it was like, well, yeah, it's part one of six, so it's meant to be something that you watch like as one, you know, the whole story will make sense as after you watch the whole story. And I'm like, I think that's a mentality of the streaming generation. Yeah. I think people have gotten so used to, oh, the whole thing's going to drop on day one and you just binge as much of it as you want on day one. And that's not what's happening. And yet. it's like, no, it's one one by week. You should still be brought it Like, it's... You know, Doctor Who's trying something different. Motherfuckers, Doctor Who for 26 years told stories in multiple parts. Very rarely would you watch part one of a Doctor Who serial and go, I have no fucking clue what's going on. Yeah. You'd, you'd get to the end of part one and go, all right, so I can see where they're going with this. This will be interesting. So Can't wait got, for next week. What the, what and, the... and, and just like, if it had just been from the POV, imagine if it had just been Dan's POV. And the first time we see the Doctor and Yaz is when Yaz is rescuing him on the, on the dog ship. Way better. It would have been like, Oh, right. Because then next week, you could go, that's why did you guys get a long story? 
skip back to Yaz and the Doctor's like day leading up to that moment. Yeah. Tie the two stories in, and then we are rough shoeing. I just for all for all the lack of information we're given for the series, I'm playing Dan. He's a plasterer from Liverpool. That's all I'm about to tell you. Episode one. Is he a plasterer? No fucking mentions it. Is he a plasterer? And he mentioned uh, Dan. he volunteers at a museum very briefly. No, he doesn't volunteer at a museum. No, that's it. He, he goes shows up and hijacks the to be a guy. Which is a big security issue, let's yeah. face it. Which is and, why he's in trouble with Diane. Yeah. But she also fancies him. Again, all the little scenes were just like Dan and Diane. Yeah, that was lovely. Dan and Carvanista. Lovely. Dan arguing with Carvanista. Yeah. Um, Dan's reaction to the TARDIS. Yeah, I've I've got a mate who's got one of these a bit bigger though. Uh, like, yeah. just, Dan's great. Dan is I I'm so like, before this, I was like, I'm really annoyed because I kind of want a series of the Doctor and Yaz. But if the Doctor and Yaz we're getting is the one that we got in the scenes of the first half of this, where yes. all they're doing is being shitty to each other. Yeah, it's not great. I'm so... It's oh, not great. God! I, I'm so sorry if you enjoyed this. I really wish I did. The Doctor really should be a prick to, to Yaz for no reason. On Saturday, I re-watched Revolution of the Daleks because yeah. I hadn't watched it since broadcast. And I was like, I'll refresh myself and sort of remind myself where we're up to. And I, I didn't, I really didn't enjoy the rewatch. Like, the only stuff in it I really liked was the, the use of the Dalek, which in itself mostly span out of how well it was done in Resolution. Yeah. Which is a much more solid story. Yeah. Um, and and then it kind of shits the bed later when, like, that one Dalek, the clone of it goes up to the Dalek ship for the SAS Daleks, whatever they keep referring to them as, and it's like, hey, look, I'm just evolving. And they go, yeah, fuck you, and kill it. And you're like, oh. That's the conclusion for the story for the most interesting Dalek we've seen in years. Cool. That's annoying. Um, but like it, that, of course, the whole thing of that is Yaz is pissed off the Doctor's been gone for 10 months. She don't give a shit that the Doctor was in prison. <laughs> like, couldn't get to them. She don't give a fuck. Yaz is just annoyed at her. And they play it off as like that thing of like your mate or your crush. Like, where have you been? I've been oh, worried sick about crush. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, They play it like that. And then by the end, she's like, yeah, I'm going with you. This will be fun. And they don't really dwell on it. And of course, there's a whole running thing in that where she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And Ryan's going, you're not though. You're not fine. I can tell. I'm really concerned. Sure. I mean, upside, it didn't have Tosin Cole in it. Oh, God, I'm I, sure Tosin's a lovely guy, but I've, I've, I've grown to realise that Ryan is so boring. Yeah. And it, part of it is the delivery. And it's it really sucks because when he has his moments, he has his, they're really good. He has his real good moments and these flashes of brilliance in his performance. But the rest of the time, it's just monotone. Oh, it's usually when... He's doing stuff with Bradley Walsh. Well, that too. That's Their entire relationship, right. even yeah. though that last story is the whole like, Graham's like, yeah, it was just that and the other. And he goes to sort of fist bump Ryan and Ryan just looks at him. He's like, stop being weird, Graham. And you're like, have you guys not progressed? Like, no. series 12, there's a whole thing where like Ryan sort it's of weird, learns to be a bit more open to his granddad and, you know, be a bit nicer to him and calls him granddad. And they make a point of that being like, oh my God, you call me granddad. And then in, in sure. that special, he doesn't do it anymore. And he's like, you've been weird, Graham. And you're like, and do none of these characters like each other? Yes, they it's do. It's really weird. Yaz and the Doctor are in a very loving relationship. No. But they're just having a rough patch at the moment. That would be interesting. That would be really interesting. I can't believe you get to a point where Yaz is dangling from her ankles, from a hovering bar above a planet covered in acid. Go on. About to get... <laughs> about to get cut to ribbons uh, go on no whilst um, also manacled next to the doctor I'm waiting to see if any of this is ticking any boxes for you I think you're trying to weigh up whether or not the acid is sexy or, or a bit of a mood killer yeah, I can't decide but like she's in that situation yeah 
And afterwards, the doctor still hasn't gone, hasn't told her why she's after this dog. Yeah, it's weird that. It, to me, it's too it's too much. It is weird. Like, it should get to the point where they're in a you know terrifying life or death situation. Then Yaz is like, right, you're going to tell me. It'd be interesting on? if we and knew. Yeah. But we don't know because we don't know what the fucking division is. Which yeah. Is, which that she's Sorry, after. We thought the so division. We thought the division was a Time Lord operation, but now we're seeing that there are individuals out there doing work for the division. Oh, and then you've got this fucking um, swarm and azure pair of cunts. I'm glad you remembered her name. I really I like their design because and I really like the two guys. We haven't seen enough of Azure really to get a, a I only idea. remember her name because I saw the thing on Facebook saying, meet Swarm and Azure in the latest episode <laughs> of Doctor Who. I really like the two performers who played Swarm. Yeah. Because the guy who played him just before he was sort of rejuvenated and then the guy played yeah. like they feel like they're having fun it feels like a decent sort of like kids are going to go to school on Monday and go oh, that was really scary wasn't it do you know what I mean like it's, it's a creepy villain yeah but if they can go over the oh that was really boring wasn't it <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean like I, I, I'm interested by I'm interested by the idea that there is someone who's like right I've got plans and by the way we've got unfinished business and the doctor's like I honestly have no fucking clue who you are because that means yeah. that maybe this is going to tie into... It's either someone from her future or it's someone from the years of her life that are missing. Because one thing that Revolution of the Daleks does is it touches on that. There's a conversation where she talks with Ryan and she's like, mm. I'm not who I I thought I was. Yeah. And Ryan's like, but you are though. Like, who you are is what's important. And he's right. And that scene is not brilliantly performed by Toes in Cole. And Jodie's not really giving her best in that scene either. But like... It's a very well written scene in Revolution Give it of the your Daleks. Your best, Jodie, because it sets up the idea that, like, no, who you are right now, because it's what Joe Martin's doctor says to her in like The Matrix. It's like, no, who you are is who you are. That's what matters. But I like the idea that it's eating away at her. I yeah. just wish that they'd show us that instead of lots of scenes where Yaz is going, "Tell me, tell me what's going on." And I'm like, we're not getting any more of Yaz. Yaz is still just a function to drag information out of the doctor. Yeah. I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm disappointed. so annoyed because Jodie and Mandip have a really nice chemistry when you see him doing the press for it. And oh, I don't know. I don't know. It feels like all the all the sort of character work is them like like they understand that those characters have a good relationship, but it doesn't come through in the show because of the bits of it we see. It feels mm. like they've got this really great relationship that we don't see any of. We only see them when they're fucking arguing. Yes. 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 A thousand fuck. Haven't I taken you all to these amazing places since since Ryan and Graham left? Have to name check them in case casual viewers have tuned in and gone. Hang on, where's the chase bloke? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, have you have you been to amazing places? Can we see some of that? Mm. Can we see some of like a montage even? And it might be a filming restraint. A lot of people say, well, they won't be able to do it because of COVID stuff. But like, this series has been in production. The six episode. Less than half the length of a series ten years ago episode. Uh, episodes have been in production for a year. They started shooting these at the tail end of last year. Mm. And yes, as part of that, they've shot three stories that are going out next year. But like, that's a year. Plenty of time to fit in a few little pickups here and there. Do us, give us a montage of them at the beginning doing some over here having a lot of fun. Where, so over here having a great time and through it you gymnastics can gymnastics lessons <laughs> exactly some of it where you sort of see like you can show in that that they're going to these really fun places and having a great time but in all of them the doctor's doing something or talking to someone or checking something 
and Yaz, you can see her visually begin to suspect that you're taking me to these places for a reason that you're not telling me. Yeah. It because just... then it, we, you would go, right, I can see why it's boiled over now. Yeah. It simultaneously feels like we're at the start of and in the middle of a story. We don't have enough of the information for any of what's happening to actually matter to us. And then they just, as soon as we're starting to get somewhere, they shunt us off to another storyline. Do you know who did it better? The, the the idea of the companion being suspicious of the Doctor having an ulterior motive. Yeah. It's been done better before. It was done better in McCoy's era. Yeah. Stories like Ghostlight. Absolutely yeah. fucking excel at it. Ghostlight's really great. And 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 again, and in that situation, that's one where it is literally personally connected to the companion. Ace is being put through something because the Doctor, like, is challenging her. Like, that's even worse almost because it's not just he's keeping quiet because he doesn't want to, like, worry them. He, he's putting her through something. But, like, the realisation, the idea that Ace is sort of, as the story goes on, is like, you brought me here on purpose. Mm. Like, it's, it's, it sort of, you know, it unfolds because there's a there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. There's a progression. Um, there is way too much in this. This, to me, felt like... It's overstuffed, isn't it? I was trying to compare it to someone, and I realised, imagine if you were reading um, a pre-owned copy from a charity shop, obviously, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, and you got up to like chapter six or seven or whatever, where, or less for behind than that, earlier than that, where the Dursleys are in the shitty little shack in the middle of nowhere, trying to avoid all the, the letters. Yeah. And Hagrid bursts through the door, walks up to Harry and he's like, yep, no, you come with me, you dry up Dursley, you bloody great prune and all that. And he's like, right, you're coming with me, like you're a wizard, Harry. And by the way, there's this evil man who's alive in three different places in the yeah, back of someone's yeah, head. Yeah. He's a he's a spirit of his boy boyhood self in a book, and he's also a shriveled little fetus that Eric Sykes is going to see get dumped into a cauldron in a few years' time in a manor somewhere. Um, also, his soul is broken up into seven pieces, mm. and you might be one of them. But honestly, don't worry about that right now. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, your uh, your your dad's best mate isn't really a serial killer, but yeah. everyone thinks he is. You got that? Cool, okay. Oh, anyway. I don't forget. Yeah, I don't forget. Don't forget. Yeah. Biological sex is science. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, no. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that, stuff, that stuff isn't in the horrid No, 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 no. It's, it's just the horrid beliefs of a fucking terrible, uh, okay, terrible... Yeah. Um, oh, no, it's, it's in the strike books, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But do you know what I mean? It'd be, like, it'd be like if story one went... By the way, here's a thing from story one, here's a stunning thing from story six, here's a thing from story seven. That's exactly what it's four. doing. That's what this is doing, and I, it's like I would have I think I would have forgiven it if we would have focused on Carvin Easter, this story, and the swarm. Yeah. And then at the end, as everything's going to shit for them, utilize fucking voiceover if you have to. And show Oh, Sontaran's on a warship thingy. That Claire woman's being stalked by a weeping angel. These tunnels are being built and delivered. Like show at the end in just a quick like, what is this? What is this? What yeah, the fuck is none this? of these things. Because then you'd go. Because then you'd go. Oh, is this where we're going to go over yeah. the next six weeks? Instead of oh yeah, those things were in this episode earlier on. Yeah, I just tunnel man. Tunnel who man. is a real man. Tunnel man. He's a real guy who had a weird life. Hat man. Um, have you got the cast? Have you got the cast list on your uh, yeah. uh, he, he, He's a real dude who had a weird ass life. He was, he was like an industrialist in Liverpool, and he spent all of his money doing weird shit, uh, weird like building endless tunnels shit. and um, commissioning houses. Uh, Joseph Williamson. Yes, commissioning houses and designing houses that had no logical layout inside. Like the layout was fucking stupid and made no sense. He uh, he used to invite. Uh, or at least on one occasion invited all of his rich friends over for a big meal and mm. then just served them like porridge and shit biscuits 
and about an hour in a load of them left like made their excuses or said this is awful and they left the people that stayed you went right just went to test basically you guys are my actual decent oh you're my ogs you're my real bezies and then he revealed a massive opulent feast in the next room that was being prepared just in time for that. <laughs> like he did, weird, he, like he he wore like the most expensive undergarments, like socks and underwear and you know, long johns, things like that. But would on top dress in the shittest, most knackered clothing imaginable. Like so, he'd never show his wealth, but he would still spend the money. It's he was a weird guy. So it's like okay, that's going to be an interesting dude to tell stories about. I'm intrigued. Mm. Just weird that you showed him to us briefly at the start and then we forgot about him. <laughs> and yeah. then you, you show him at the end. Oh, yeah. Um, Claire. That's interesting. That could have been your little pin of what's going on in the middle of this one-off adventure about the dogs. Yeah. Where this woman randomly bumps into the doctor and Yaz is like, oh, oh, it's early for you. Oh, sorry. I just, I'm a bit overwhelmed because I wasn't expecting to see you again. Um, Hi. Sorry, no, you, you're you're in the middle of something. I'm really, it's it's good to see you, and then be like, um, yeah, okay, sorry, we need to take care of yourself, and then them go off, and they'll be like, huh, and then we see her go home, and we see that she's being stalked by something. Mm. That'd be perfect because mm. then, as a viewer, you're like, well, that's obviously going to come back later in the series. That that was a perfect like, that's going to come back later. Yeah. That yeah. didn't feel like it was pummeling you over the head, like, oh, I don't know, the Sontarans. Didn't need to be in this episode. Didn't need to be in it. The only reason they're in this episode, they should have been in the fucking in a, a next time trailer or like a little post credits thing thing. Oh. Should not have been in the episode. Not to say they wrong. weren't fun. They are, like, they are fun. And I, the I love the look. Gorgeous. I love the movement. There's, it looks gorgeous. like there's more movement in the neck yeah, than everything. Yeah, lovely. So that they can actually they can still emote. They're not just stuck in place. They can kind and of like. And he does the lip thing. The, the lip they did the lip thing. Mm. Dan Starkey's one. Uh, yeah. I'm so glad that he's back and they've snuck him in. The whiskers, yeah, like you know, they they look great, and but it's just like you didn't need to be here yet. No, didn't didn't need to be here yet. No point in being here yet. Um, God, there was another subplot. I'm forgetting what it is. It was the it was the it was Azure. It was yes. So there's an Arctic research. Oh God, what is it? Arctic research. I think it said that didn't it? Like Arctic research no, based it's something. Just, it's just Arctic circle. So it's just it's the Arctic just a circle. Live in the Arctic circle. See, I'm, I've watched the and thing that many times. I just assume that if anything's yeah, in the Arctic, know, right? it's a research facility. And they've got this disc which gives them a warning, but then they get the warning and they smash it and ignore it, and then Swarm comes along and he kills the dude, and then and then it turns out that the woman is Azure underneath. Sort of locked in this yeah. person. But, like, and if then, she knew that something was coming for her, if she knew she was alien or whatever... But did she? Then... I don't think she did. Then why would she... I don't know. It's just... It's, uh, doesn't, doesn't matter. Doesn't get explained. It just fucking happens. And do you know what's interesting about it? just this? happens. There is ways to do this where we go, oh, I wonder why. But because it's pummeling you with 18 things, the feeling I came away with was, I don't give a fuck about any of these It's things. overstuffed, isn't it? It's just... It's, it's so overstuffed. stuffed. And I just, I, I just want, I came out of it going, I wanted to spend more time with Dan. Yeah. I wanted to spend more time from his point of view. Yeah. Because those scenes were the best. Him and his friend at the, at the, um, the food bank. Yeah. Um, they, they really work hard to basically make you go, Dan's a nice guy, isn't yeah. he? Like John, John Bishop's natural charisma and affability. He worked, he volunteers at the food bank. He won't even take some stuff on for himself because he knows that someone else might need it more than he does. Despite the fact we then get home and see that he's got fuck all in. Yeah. Um, Bachelor, it? Can we talk about the Doctor poor shaming him? I don't think that was the intent. Oh, with the laptop. Where she goes thing. like, yeah, oh, this yeah. is a nice laptop. Why would he have this? 
It's like, excuse me, you're in his fucking house. Yeah, like, he's yeah. probably doing all right, yeah. as far as you're aware. Yeah. I think what was meant to be said there was like, oh, this laptop's a bit advanced. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because she's just... But it's like, yeah, but you sonicked it, so surely you were expecting it to do the things you were sonicking it for. Yeah. So why would you be... All she has to do is go like, you know, all, all you have to do is have Yaz say something like, that's oh, not even got a USBs. What do you mean? It's on the side. I've never seen one like this before. The doctor looking and go, eh, I have. Yeah, Get out. yeah. And just, and just, do you know what I mean? Like just a little, just a little reference that like, you know, Yaz has gone, oh, it's a bit different. The doctor's like, is it? Oh shit, it is. You're yeah. right. Yeah. And then, then, you know, um, that was weird. She just sort of was like, why has he got such a fancy laptop? It's like, like f- oh, fucking, wow. Okay. All right. All, All right. right. Okay. Bit much. Um, there's a lot of Liverpool pride in this one. I don't even know if there is a street that close to Liverpool FC's ground, but do you know what it reminded me of? Probably. The, uh, the, 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 the road leading up to, um, oh God, what was, what was Man City's original stadium? Oh, Main Road. Main Road. It, it, it reminded me of that, yeah. the, the street that they shot a lot of the second coming. In. Yeah, like it was sort of like okay. I don't know if it's actually there though. I have a feeling it's been CGI'd in, or at least it's been polished so it's clearer to see. Not a bit like um, <laughs> when we were living in Shepherd's Bush and we were just down the road from <laughs> Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, in White City, it's like not that far at all. Literally, well, sure, just, it. Yeah. just got to the end of the street and you're there. Um, there's plenty of grounds like that, but it just something about the composition of the shots. I was like, it looks overlit. I think it's been added in. Yeah. Why not just shoot on a street near it? <laughs> like, surely you could do that. Um, I mean, uh, well, they did shoot. Yeah. They did shoot chunk, chunks of this in Liverpool. They did do that. The museum, for example, like that is all on location. But yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking know. A few little weird bits of trivia. The guy who played Carvanista is the guy in the teaser from the start of this year. Dan's mate. Where he's like reading his oh, horoscope okay. out to him. So it's the same actor. So that's a nice little um, kind of... Oh, that's, that's sort of cute. There was speculation before on that that teaser was a scene from the episode and maybe like the guy was disguised as a human. Um, yeah, but that makes no But it turns sense, out, no, it? they've obviously just gone, well, you're covered up in this fucking thing. So do you want to do shoot the teaser with us? Your face yeah, is in one yeah. of the things. Which in itself is like, that's kind of cute. It's also the only evidence we have that he's a plasterer. Really, yeah. Is this teaser trailer from Listen, early in 2021. Well, it's printed on the ground. <laughs> can't go in people's houses because of the pandemic. But they can't refer to that, can they? Of course. Yeah. Um, so it's weird, isn't it? Which, which I don't, again, I don't mind. Like, I'd, I'd rather not be beaten over the head with the pandemic appearing in every television program. Like, I'm fine with that. But it's also time travel. You could set the story in, like, 2020, 2019. Or early 2020. Why is the well, no, because that would be October. Well, again, if you'd have just if that was the only non this episode specific thread we saw, I'd love that because I'd go, oh, she's being stalked. Why? What's that about? This person from their future's being stalked. What's going on? Do you know what I mean? I'd I'd be fine with that. What I hated was there was some of Chibnall's uh, recent issues, which is the tell don't show. Oh, God, yeah. Where she went, don't blink, don't blink. Yeah. Don't blink. It moves when you blink. Like, we just saw that. We know that. We know what... Say yeah. don't blink. Say don't blink. Because there might be a viewer who honestly hasn't seen him or hasn't seen him for years and doesn't really remember it. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, what is that? Like, you can never go, don't blink. Because then that informs us. Her saying, don't blink, don't blink. Yeah, yeah. Informs us that she knows what this is. Okay, does, that's interesting. Does Christian not think that we're stupid? No, but there is a lot of tell-don't-show in his era that makes me think that either 
he's writing it for kids but going about it the wrong way because kids are a lot smarter than everyone always presumes they are when they create media for him. Um, it's something that Russell T. Davies has a really good handle on because he's written for child audiences specifically and adult audiences and everyone in between. Um, but also, um, it, it's just, I don't know, it feels like it's in the script, but it's the sort of thing that the final edit from the script editor should trim it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, there's lo- there's loads of it in, in series 12. There's so much dialogue that is like, oh, that'll do the thing, which will do the thing, which will do the thing, Doc. And it's like, yeah, we just saw it do that, Graham. Why are yeah. you telling us what we've just seen? It's really, really weird. But um, I would have I been fine with the little Weeping Angel scene if that was almost, honestly the only tie-in plot we saw. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's just a lot. It's, of it's so much. It. It's so much. And I'm sorry... For those who really did dig it and go, yeah, but it's just you've got to wait for all six parts for it to. I'm like, I am. I'm sorry. More part two. Part one should be your introduction to a story. It shouldn't be. Here's the. Do you know what it was? What was it? It was the fucking. It wasn't the contents page, teasing you with what might come up. It was the fucking glossary. It was the glossary. It just hit you with. Oh, here's everything that's going to be the book. Here it is. Spell out for you. Do you want to see the rest of it? We'll have to go back and see what that's about. Flick back in the pages. And I'm like, no, no, no. Show me a contents page where I can read vague titles that make me go, oh, that could be interesting. Oh, I wonder what that's about. Got no clue what that's about. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't understand what that means. I guess I'll have to watch it in order to get to that point. And instead, it's just, yeah, you could start with episode one, but episode one feels like, like you said, episode two and episode six and episode four all yeah. at the same time. Yeah, it's just too much. I wish I liked it, guys. I'm so sorry. I wish I liked it. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But at least we liked some of it. Did we? Yeah. I like Swarm's design. And as yours design. I think they look really fucking good. And I like I like I liked the actual the, the weird thing of the TARDIS, something's happening that's causing causing the TARDIS to freak out. Like I like the the image of the doors appearing in different parts. Like every time they've come in, it's like, oh there's a new door. We've come out of the floor. Like, that was fun. Because it was like, oh, that's a weird fun thing you can do with the... Because t- obviously the door isn't the door. Yeah. So you can have it be like, oh, no, I'm going to put you out here now. And they're like, right, what's going on? Why is it doing this? Like, again, that's a nice little... If that, if it wasn't lost amongst all this other shit, that'd be a nice little tease that something's going on here. And we'll discover more as we go. Um, Vinda. Again. Doesn't need to be in this. Doesn't need to be in this episode. Would have been one version of his scene. Would have been a great opener to another one in the series. Cold open. It's a cold open. A cold open. It's a cold open in the middle of a fucking episode. Well acted. Yeah. I like the idea of there being like firewatch towers. Yeah. In the middle of certain quadrants of space. Yeah. I like the idea that he's like, I love, I love this. I love this opportunity, and I take solace in the fact that not many people get to see this. But also, fuck you for making me yeah. do this because it's really boring. You know, I like that, and and you know, just. Because that could be your first... That could have been the cold open for this episode. Setting up the idea that there is this storm in space that is destroying and consuming things. Yeah, because And then not... tie that in to the ending of this episode because you learn over the course of it that the reason the... Um, the, the, the Whatever the lupine, whatever they call the alien race, the dog guys, you realise yeah. that they know something is coming that's going to like fucking devour Earth. And uh, that was a fun notion, the idea that they're kind of a twin planet to Earth, even though Earth don't know it. Yeah. Because their civilization's more advanced. Yeah. 
So their job is to look after their twinned planet, so they're going to come and take everyone one by one and take them away from it's the storm. It's not a very efficient way of doing it, is it? Well, it's not a very efficient way of doing it. Earth already has a twin planet, motherfuckers. It was called Mondas. No, they're not um, like a twin planet in that sense. They're no, they're, they're like a they're species like, bonded. Yeah, they're like a they're like a twinned village. Yeah, <laughs> they look after each other and they shop each other's fates. Yeah, um, Earth is twinned with and Tell, and it is it? kind of a cute idea that it's like wait the species the 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 species that are species bonded with ours who are here to look after us are good boys. They're good boys. They are good boys. They're very good boys. Very, I love that Kevin needs to look... The, the, it takes a while before you see him properly, mm. and he's just very cute. Yeah. it's he's it's very cute. It's boy. like... It, with a big fearsome axe. Yeah. He's very cute. Oh, he's so fierce. But, like, that's... Come on, he's so fierce. That's a cute idea, and I don't hate that idea. But this episode should have just been... Focus on Dan. Doctor and Yaz pop in. Maybe set up the mystery of Claire. But cold open with Inda. Dan's POV. First 10-15 minutes is Dan's story, as was, up to Yaz rescuing him. Boom. Flashback a day. The Doctor gets is trying to find someone called Carvin Easter for reasons. She has the psychic vision of Swarm. She's like, that's weird. Gets to Carvin Easter. Uh, tra- tracks to Dan. Meets Claire. That's a little button for later. So you've got the cold opens a button and that's a button. Gets to Carvin Easter ship. Saves Dan. Those stories coalesce. She has one more vision, like, what is this thing out there? It's trying to talk to me. Mm. As the ships surround Earth to save it, and that, the Carvin Easter story's now done, the storm arrives, cliffhanger. Because the cliffhanger is now tied in to the cold open where you saw someone at this thing in the middle of space being approached by this storm. You also then have the ambiguity of, did Vinda survive? Did that guy survive, or is he just a cold open device? You know, which then becomes fun when he shows up in episode two or three. And you're like, oh, we made it out. And they're going to learn more about this thing. You know what I mean? So you, you, you set Flux in Cold Open with Inda. You tell Dan's story. You tell the Doctor and Yaz's story. Up to that point, meeting Dan. Including the little Claire tease. And you end episode one with the dog people protecting Earth in the shield. The TARDIS about to be hit by the Flux. And if you want, pop back to Earth briefly. To show Claire being stalked by the angel, and then you go out on a cliffhanger. You know what I mean? Because then you go like, okay, so there's this thing called the flux, and that's the storm. There's something reaching out to the doctor, and there's this lady that knows them, but they don't know her being stalked by a weeping angel. Those yes. those are your threads going on into the cliffhanger, because the dog plot is closed, <laughs> and the Vinder plot, as far as you're con- concerned, is closed. He's a guy on a thing that sees this storm, freaks out, and tries to leave. You know what I mean? There you go. Boom. No Santarans. No tunnels under Liverpool just yet. You don't know anything about... You don't... Vinder's not a concern other than, oh, I hope that guy got away. But if he doesn't, it doesn't matter because it was just the cold open setting up that there's a storm in space. Mm. And then you could introduce the idea of Swarm finding his sister, like, later. You know what I mean? The, the, his sister's hidden somewhere and he goes and gets her. Like, Why the fuck did they kidnap Diane? Yeah. Yeah, they don't know who she is. Then again, if he's psychically reaching out to the Doctor, he's probably just fucking with them. I don't know. It's just too much. It's it's hats on top of hats on top of hats, but there's a head underneath like the third hat. It Yeah. Yeah, but it's a cute dog head though, so it's okay. You're a good boy. You're a good boy. Who else is a good boy? <laughs> I mean, it's good like... Yeah, that was <laughs> that scene is the best scene. Fucking love it's it. It's a genuinely great scene, and I I wish we had more like that, like 
Just yes, please. And please. I wish we had less like less like this. Oh. The email apocalypse. Email apocalypse. It's the email apocalypse. Coming chapter one. Us, coming to us courtesy of Ian. <gasps> Not Eon. Chapter saying, one, the Ian apocalypse. He's saying, I don't know when or if I'll have time to catch the streams this week, so I must compliment you both here on your Halloween episode last week. <laughs> okay. Nice work, Bone Daddies. Nice. That's a reference to... Do you know which film that's referencing? Bone Daddy, the uh, the, the, the Rutger Hauer starring film. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a better answer. That's a better comedy answer. I, know, than I, I was going to come up with. I don't know. That before Christmas reference. Okay. Nice work, Bone Daddy. Bone Daddy. Uh, this email has been <laughs> written and sent before. What we are all longing to watch, the Mrs. Brown's Boys live special. Is that a thing? Oh yeah, that show's carrying on as specials, mm. isn't it? They've stopped doing series, but they're going to do specials. It's uh, in. It's 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 moved into the the hallowed halls of sitcoms like Only Fools and Horses, where it's like we can't keep making this, but we know you want more, so we'll do specials every now and again. And it's like, no, no one wants you to keep making this. No one wants more. Please, spesh off. Thank you. Oh, of course it's not that. It's Ducky Hoomst. What? What's that then? <laughs> What's that about? So I can't talk about it, but here's three predictions. You can't talk about it, but yeah, here's He hasn't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Oh, let's see if any of them came true. Because you sent this before. One Twitter in uproar. Well, you say do anything Doctor Who and Twitter's going to be in uproar nowadays. Yeah. Well, did you see what the... Well, that, that was accurate. But... In terms of content of the episode, people who didn't like it kind of had the same problems we did, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uproar, fucking hell, was the uh, the right-leaning outrage brigade annoyed at the box ticking, unquote, in the episode. We're not even going to countenance that with any further detail. We're just going to move on. Oh, except um, that those people are cunts. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Um, Dan just feels like Graham, too. No. No, he was very no, different. He, 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 he was similar in that the actor clearly provided a lot of lot of a lot to the character from oh, their personality, like... and they were a very comedic light presence. Yeah, yeah. But he's not the same character at all, which is a nice reassuring bit of okay, different. Yeah, he's cheese and pickle. Um, I don't know if he does. <laughs> oh, that's my head cannon. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to shoot you with it. He'd <laughs> never carry a sandwich in his pocket. He would never carry a sandwich in his pocket. Because he hasn't got the stuff in to make yeah. a sandwich. He's got a nice laptop. What was he doing this nice laptop? Oh, uh, this episode felt rushed. Yeah. Yeah, it fucking did. I. It felt like a rush, if that makes any sense. Yeah, by the end of it, yeah. I was like, that was a lot, and I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I think, I'll, I'll say this, I don't think the COVID compliance showed. No. I think I think they shot around it nicely, and also there were no scenes that would make you think, "Well, it's weird that they're all stunned." It's not like um, what was it? It was on TV a while ago at my dad's. We were away, uh, chatting the other week, and when we were there, a lot of the soaps have been doing that. Yeah, they, 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 it was just on in the background when we before me and Lou went to bed. It was just the, I think it was like Holby City or something, yeah. and there was a lot of very obvious, like this person is three meters away from the other. And they were they were trying to mask it by doing a lot more of whoever was in the foreground was in extreme focus. Yeah. And yeah, everything yeah. was in like a massive washed soft focus behind them or in front of them. And I was like, it's really obvious when you do it like that. You are physically in the shot separating the person in the foreground from the person in the background in a way that doesn't feel natural to a scene where they're having a conversation. Mm. This is really weird. It's this true. didn't feel like that. It's Even true. though if you broke it down logically, yeah, there is obviously scenes that, that would have been shot pre- um, certain rules and after certain rules are alleviated. I can say this, having been on some live sets in the last few months, they're very strict. They are very strict even yep. now. Um, but obviously based on circumstances, you can have people at your tunnels under Liverpool like gathered in groups in the background 
based on the way you shoot it and stage it and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Sorry, just a little rant there about um, nothing in particular. I'm a very angry man. Well, feel free to call Ian out if you think if any of them are wrong. And well, we did. Ian, you're a git. We've done it. We've done you're it. a wrong man. Random spooky late Halloween question. Random spooky late Halloween question. Ooh. Best Simpsons Treehouse of Horror Villains. Oh. Hope this email finds you well and neither of you are too busy or overwhelmed with life. Signed your obedient servant, often annoyance, and Hellraiser. <laughs> Happy haunts. Ian. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Ian. You're a git. Thanks, Ian. Favourite Trios of Horror villain? Uh, groundskeeper Willie in the... Oh, um, Nightmare, Nightmare, Nightmare Groundskeeper Willie. Yeah. Yes, that that's a good one. Um, then again, there's, there is that one where he's like the hero trying to warn them in every story. So does that counteract him? Nope. Because <laughs> I don't care about that one. This is indeed a disturbing universe. But that one's got the time-travelling toaster in it. Again, I don't um, care about that one. Uh... Bram Stoker's Dracula Burns is quite good. Bat. When Bat in the Monkey's Paw one. Is he the villain? Yeah, because he gets all the power, then he turns Homer into a Jack in the Box. That's not the Monkey's Paw. Oh, no, it might be the same episode. But uh, yeah, it's the Twilight Zone, isn't it? They just does the whole thing where he's got the power. They just do they basically ape. Oh, Twilight he's got the power. Episode. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, What's the, the Monkey's I mean, Paw one then? That, that, uh, oh, I can't remember now, but that is one where everything goes to shit. Um, it all goes to shit. Uh, the Living Krusty Doll. Mm. Sort of child play homage, that mm. one's fun. Um uh, 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 I mean <laughs> Sorry. Oh um. it's from a later one where they start getting a bit shit, but it's the one where Maggie turns out Maggie is the daughter of of Marge and Kang. Oh, okay. Cause yeah. she was like sort of artificially probed and impregnated like by space rays and stuff. And and they go on Springer, and it's it's the it's the fucking punchline. It's after they've been on the Springer show. Where it's like, um, what's it? Um, poor Jerry. He tried to help us. At least just goes. And now he's dead. And they just stay it like that. There's just it's no. There's no follow up. Thanks. I hate oh, it. Oh god, I fucking love the. <laughs> I'm Kang. This is my sister Kodos. Hello. There's just something wonderful about that juxtaposition of yeah. like the first time you hear it, and of course you just basically hear the same voice from a different voice actor. <laughs> That's kind of fun. Um, oh god, what else? There's some good. There's some good ones. There's some good ones. I think the best Simpsons villain is Matt Groening. Is he the Simpsons villain, or is Al Jean the Simpsons villain? Al Jean is the Simpsons villain. That's a time to finish, and it was series nine. Fo- the Fox Network is the Simpsons villain. Rupert Murdoch is the biggest villain Rupert in Rupert Murdoch! And in life. Yes. Well, if you have to be a villain in life, don't let any of your crimes trace back to us. But if you were to save the receipts, you can send them to bigdamncontact at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at any time at bigdamncast. Let us know what did you think of Chapter 1, The Halloween Apocalypse, Doc 2 Flux. We'll have a look at some of those reviews start a next week's episode before we talk about the inevitable two part part two second one I've already turned my back on you by the way he has but he didn't have the Naboo theme music as you did it (laughs) (laughs) which is a shame Uh, remember patreon.com slash big damn cast and we will see you in the future the flux it's a cloud Ah!